A bedroom detained him. In that bedroom, one single flower in a porcelain vase. At the first touch, the ancient petals fell apart. On the second floor, on the top floor, the house seemed infinite and expanding. The house is not this large. Only things are making it seem larger. The dim light, the symmetry, the mirrors. So many years, my unfamiliarity, the loneliness. By way of a spiral staircase, he arrived at the Oriel. The early evening moon shone through the diamonds of the window. They were yellow, red, and green. An astonishing, dizzying recollection struck him. Two men of short stature, robust and ferocious, threw themselves on him and disarmed him. Another, very tall, saluted him gravely and said... You are very kind. You have saved us a night and a day. It was Red Scarlotch. The men handcuffed Lernrot. The latter at length recovered his voice. Scarlotch, are you looking for the secret name? Scarlotch remained standing, indifferent. He had not participated in the brief struggle, and he scarcely extended his hand to receive Lernrot's revolver. He spoke... Lonrot noted in his voice a fatigued triumph, a hatred the size of the universe, a sadness not less than that hatred. No, I'm seeking something more ephemeral and perishable. I'm seeking Eric Lonrot. Three years ago in a gambling house on the Rue de Toulon, you arrested my brother and had him sent to jail. My men slipped me away in a coupé from the gun battle with a policeman's bullet in my stomach. Nine days and nine nights I lay in agony in this desolate, symmetrical villa. Fever was demolishing me. And the odious two-faced Janus who watches the twilights and the dawns lent horror to my dreams and to my waking. I came to abominate my body. I came to sense that two eyes, two hands, two lungs are as monstrous as two faces. An Irishman tried to convert me to the faith of Jesus. He repeated to me the phrase of the Goyim, all roads lead to Rome. At night, my delirium nurtured itself on that metaphor. I felt that the world was a labyrinth from which it was impossible to flee, for all roads, though they pretend to lead to the north or south, actually lead to Rome, which was also the quadrilateral jail where my brother was dying in the villa of Triste Lois. On those nights I swore by the God who sees with two faces, and by all the gods of fever and the mirrors, to weave a labyrinth around the man who had imprisoned my brother. I have woven it, and it is firm. The ingredients are a dead heresiologist, a compass, an 18th century sect, a Greek word, a dagger. The diamonds are a paint shop. The first term of the sequence was given to me by chance. I had planned with a few colleagues, among them Daniel Azevedo, the robbery of the Tetrarch Sapphires. Azevedo betrayed us. He got drunk with the money that we had advanced him and undertook the job a day early. He got lost in the vastness of the hotel. Around two in the morning, he stumbled into Yarmolinsky's room. The latter, harassed by insomnia, had started to write. He was working on some notes, apparently, for an article on the name of God. He had already written the words, the first letter of the name has been uttered. Azevedo warned him to be silent. Yarmolinsky reached out his hand for the bell which would awaken the hotel's forces. Azevedo counted with a single stab in the chest. It was almost a reflex action. Half a century of violence had taught him the easiest and surest thing is to kill. Ten days later, I learned through the Yiddish Zeitung that you were seeking in Yarmolinsky's writings the key to his death. I read the history of the Hasidic sect. I learned that the reverent fear of uttering the name of God had given rise to the doctrine that the name is all-powerful and recondite. I discovered that ha some Hasidim, in search of that secret name, had gone so far as to perform human sacrifices. I knew that you would make the conjecture that the Hasidim had sacrificed the rabbi. I set myself the task of justifying that conjecture. 
Marcel Yarmolinsky died on the night of December 3rd. For the second sacrifice, I selected the night of January 3rd. He died in the north. For the second sacrifice, a place in the west was suitable. Daniel Azevedo was the necessary victim. He deserved death. He was impulsive, a traitor. His apprehension could destroy the entire plan. One of us stabbed him. In order to link his corpse to the other one, I wrote on the paint shop diamonds, the second letter of the name has been uttered. The third murder was produced on the 3rd of February. It was, as Trevor Honest guessed, a mere sham. I am Griffius Ginsburg Ginsburg. I endured an interminable week, supplemented by a tenuous fake beard, in the perverse cubicle on the Rue de Toulon, until my friends abducted me. From the footboard of the cab, one of them wrote on a post, the last of the letters of the name has been uttered. That sentence revealed that the series of murders was triple. Thus the public understood it. I nevertheless interspersed repeated signs that would allow you, Eric Lernrat, the reasoner, to understand that the series was quadruple. A portent in the north, others in the east and west, demand a fourth portent in the south. The Tetragrammaton, the name of God, J-H-V-H, is made up of four letters. The Harlequins and the paint shop sign suggested four points. In the manual of Loisden, I underlined a certain passage. That passage manifests that Hebrews compute the day from sunset to sunset. That passage makes known that the deaths occurred on the fourth of each month. I sent the equilateral triangle to Trevoranus. I foresaw that you would add the missing point, the point which would form a perfect rom, the point which fixes in advance where a punctual death awaits you. I have premeditated everything, Eric Lernrat, in order to attract you to the solitudes of Triste-le-Roi. Lernrat avoided Scarlatch's eyes. He looked at the trees and the sky subdivided into diamonds of turbid yellow, green, and red. He felt faintly cold, and he felt, too, an impersonal, almost anonymous sadness. It was already night. From the dusty garden came the futile cry of a bird. For the last time, Lernrot considered the problem of the symmetrical and periodic death. In your labyrinth, there are three lines too many. I know of one Greek labyrinth, which is a single straight line. Along that line, so many philosophers have lost themselves that a mere detective might well do so, too. Scarlatch, when in some other incarnation you hunt me, pretend to commit, or do commit, a crime at A, then a second crime at B, eight kilometers from A, then a third crime at C, four kilometers from A and B, halfway between the two. Wait for me afterwards at D, two kilometers from A and C, again halfway between both. Kill me at D, as you are now going to kill me at Tristlerois. The next time I kill you, I promise you that labyrinth consisting of a single line which is invisible and unceasing. He moved back a few steps. Then, very carefully, he fired. 